I just realized my mic was muted. Ah, okay. It's World Day Against Trafficking, right? And um, again, thank you for waiting. I'm sorry for popping in a little bit late. It's 11-11. I'll take that as some type of good sign. And, um, and we are kind of having a little bit of technical difficulty, but we are working on that. So let me see if I can, if I can get um, Belle in here when she is um, up and ready and running. But until then, we are going to talk about something that I feel is very near and dear to my heart personally. Um, all of you guys know, if you, if you don't, number one, welcome to uh, the Life Matters podcast. I wanted to do something today um, because it is um, National World Trafficking Day for prevention, for awareness, to talk about those things and um, and just answer possibly any questions that um, you guys may have. Hi, um, hello, Jonathan James from Uganda, Africa. Hi, Jonathan James. Um, but this is something that's very near and dear to my heart. If you don't know me, um, whether you are tuning in from Facebook or um, LinkedIn or YouTube, uh, my name is Kiana Monroe. I am a child trafficking survivor. I am the founder of the Pretty To Me Foundation, which is an organization for young girls age of nine to 16 years old or 17 years old, technically. Um, and it is an organization where I talk about um, prevention and then um, and then the healing process, but also it is to teach girls the value of self-love, right? And And not just the kind of cliche form of self-love, but it is the awareness of self. It is the understanding of self. It is the validation and knowledge of self and teaching them um, how to be safe, how to communicate, how to um, understand one's emotions, how to have healthy friendships and relationships within themselves and with others. Um, because when I was younger, one of the one of the reasons why, um, you know, one of the many reasons why I kind of got caught up in the trafficking was because my self esteem was so low, right? And I was bullied, and in in the bullying, um, trying to conform and shape shift and and compromise, you know, my feelings to fit in. Um, and you know, dealing with the bullying, I thought it would be best for me to just join the gang and then open up and confide into people that were not trustworthy. So this is why I teach a lot of you know young girls in advance to be very mindful of you know the type of company that you keep, their circle, how to be safe on social media, how to be safe on the internet, and how to be safe in your environments when you are when you're out there in the world. Um, I think that when it comes to trafficking, it's something that happens all over the world. Um, I, I do a lot of work globally um, for trafficking awareness, for trafficking prevention. Um, it is something that I, I wish um, was, you know, something that used to happen in the past, but unfortunately it's something that's still relevant. I work currently um, with different cities and and um, different countries to, like I said, make the, the best impact that I can to save as many lives as I can. And if not, to help and support 
when it comes to the healing and navigating that because it's it's super important and sometimes people don't understand that you know sexual assault is it contributes to unworthiness and survivors and i've talked about that um a lot of the time you know um child trafficking and sexual assault in in any form are very traumatic ex experiences and they kind of shatter somebody's sense of safety, sense of trust, sense of self-worth. And most of the time survivors kind of internalize what it is that they went through and they feel like they are at fault or they feel like they are somehow deserving of the abuse. And a lot of times that that leads to feelings of shame and guilt, unworthiness. Um, most of the tra traffickers who force these girls into these transactions, and that includes child marriages, um, they are, you know, perpetrators of manipulation and they use very manipulative tools and tactics to kind of maintain power over their victims, over these girls. Um, and they use a lot of psychological tactics to kind of degrade or demean these girls and kind of convince them that they are worthless already and that they have no value outside of, you know, the exploitive role that that they're trying to put these girls in, and it furthers the manipulate the manipulate <clears throat> the manipulative um, feelings of unworthiness, which is you know a really big thing for me. I I already I I got into trafficking at about 11 and a half, 12 years old in middle school, and I already had a sense of low self esteem and low self worth because. Um, I had already experienced incest um, at, by the age of nine, and I was I was raped at six. Um, you know, for those who who haven't seen any of the uh, television appearances that I've been on, um, you know, I I felt like I was psychologically groomed, right, with not being believed, with with my feelings um, being dismissed with the abandonment, with the lack of support, with the lack of care when it came to my family when I spoke up the first time. So what it told me as a child, and that's why I always tell parents it's really important that when children tell you things to believe them, believe them first, right? And if they fabricated something um, and you find out that only half was true or none of it was true, whatever the case may be, you can deal with the consequences, let them deal with the consequences of that after, but believe them first, because a lot of times, most children, children, um, and most women are not lying. They're not lying, right? Something has happened to them in some way, shape, or form, and they are trying to deal with the trauma that they experienced and the vulnerability and the fear of communicating that to, to an adult. Um, especially when they're children, they don't always, they're not aware necessarily of something that has happened to them. They don't know really how to put in words um, if they were not taught of what has happened to them. So to believe them is step number one, right? And I wasn't believed and, and I wasn't supported. So really what it told me was that, um, really what it told me was 
when when the things that started happening happen, you know, why speak up? Why tell I was manipulated in making it seem like, you know, me ditching school and me hanging around the circle of friends I was hanging around that I kind of did this thing to myself, that I was the cause of that, right? And a lot of threats um, were made on my family, Right. So if I spoke up or if I told or if I said anything, they knew where I lived. Because, again, um, I was coursed into it again at 12. However, I like to consider um, the Romeos a Lechemere, which is like a charmer in French, but it was via a younger boy. So about 16, 17 years old. So, you know, you think when you're like 12 that, you know, an older boy that likes you or he's popular, you know, you kind of just want to be around the in crowd. And he was dating somebody that um, I was friends with who was in the gang and ditching school and going to, um, you know, me thinking I was going to McDonald's, um, going to this house and walking into a situation where you immediately recognize that your safety is in danger, like you're in danger, right? And that something bad is about to happen and there really is no escape from that, right? And had it been an adult, I would not have gone. Had it been, an, you know, a, a man or even an adult woman, you know, I would have thought well in advance, mm, something looks a little suspicious here. But unfortunately, um, it was a younger boy. So I thought it was safe. I didn't think anything of it. And that's something that I try to teach uh, my girls a lot of times to be very mindful of, of that. And I already had low self-esteem. I already felt alone. I've already been unsupported and unbelieved. So I felt like I was set up to fail. And unfortunately, um, I was also with a, a mindset and I talk all the time about you know the, the mindset um, sometimes of young girls when they've been sexually assaulted or if they've been raped, um, my mindset was that the only thing that I was made for and that I would be worthy of is um, an object for sexual pleasure for a man. And I didn't have any worthiness other than being this object for pleasure and to have things happen to me and be done to me. And this was going to end up being my lot in life. You know, no matter how smart I was, I, I grew up South Central LA. So I grew up in like a drug and gang infested environment where, you know, no one was around, around me that was really doing much of anything. And here's the thing, I was not a promiscuous little girl, right? Um, and I was not um, just this, really bad kid, you know, I got straight, I got straight A's, right? I was considered a teacher's pet and, and different and somewhat of a nerd. Um, but education was kind of my escape learning and, and music and film scores and all of those things, right? So you would think this adorable, pretty little girl who's very smart, who's a part of a lot of, you know, um, academic organizations and programs in, in the school, like, this could possibly not happen to her, but that is not the case. And that, you know, that plays into the power of low self-esteem, that and, and negative thinking and a mindset, right? That plays a really big role. And it, it, it really is telling when believing what adults say to you, being and, and absorbing um, negative commentary 
um, and you're not being affirmed by family or friends or people around you, aside from my teachers, right? I had some teachers that were really good teachers, and I think that that is one of the things that kept me going. Um, Ron, oh, hi, Ron. Um, and and feel free to ask me any questions. Um, you guys are more than, um, than okay to ask me any type of question that, that pops in. Um, I can see all of your comments in, in the chat box. So um, it's it's really hard and having a, a mindset um, of, of unworthiness. And so again, um, most traffickers are very manipulative and charismatic when it comes to that. Um, and we live in a society, unfortunately, that does a lot of victim blaming, right? Society's response to a lot of survivors, uh, especially child trafficking um, and, and human trafficking and sexual assault, um, they, they tend to blame and shame and guilt and find ways to find fault and disbelief when it comes to women who speak up and children who speak up. Um, survivors usually deal with a lot of disbelief. And again, it reinforces the false belief that their worth is diminished because of the experiences that they had, right? Um, one of the aftermaths you know, internalizing negative beliefs and internalizing um, the things that happen to you and it kind of forces you to live in the world or shape shift and, and shrink yourself and make yourself small because of this thing that happened to you. And you, you, you usually end up identifying yourself as I am just blank, whatever it is you fill in the blank. For me, I can't speak on, on, all women and and survivors, but uh, most of the time, um, especially myself, um, I used to think that you know um, I'm just going to hide and I'm going to recreate an image, and I don't want to be identified as a survivor. I don't even want to be identified as a victim, and I don't want to be identified as someone who was sexually assaulted because once that's kind of tatted on me, that's all people are going to see. And that's not necessarily the case, but, you know, using language and words like, you know, damaged and tainted or, you know, um, unworthy and, and not good enough for a normal or healthy relationship. Another thing is, you know, a lot of blame, right? Carrying the burden of, of blame and shame on what happened and feeling flawed because of the trauma that you experienced, even though um, the responsibility is solely on the person who hurt and harmed you. But survivors tend to do a lot of self-blame and this plays into the programming of unworthiness that I talk about all the time. Um, I think that when it comes to the awareness of what happens, um, sexual assault is not only um, just being kidnapped, but sexual assault happens in the family. A lot of times people don't talk about what happens in, in the home and what happens with family members. Um, that's something that I experienced and the men were held on this very, very high pedestal, not all, 
not not all. I had one one particular uncle and I had a cousin who um, sexually assaulted me for a very long time. And um, it was very swept under the rug. And what it what it did for me um, was it kind of damaged my idea of what appropriate love should be, um, appropriate and inappropriate intimacy should be, um, what sex should be, um, healthy relationships with the men, the adult men in your life. Um, it really changed my mindset um, around men. I feared men for a very long time up until um, up until I started therapy. So I lived always with this, you know, small amount of, of fear uh, of being snatched or kidnapped or hurt or harmed or not speaking up for myself. And when you do speak up for yourself that you could possibly be hit um, or hurt or harmed, or they would just take it anyway. Um, one of the, the things that I used to tell myself is to just do what you were told so that it is not taken from you. Because for it to be taken from you, I've had that experience before where um, I was hit really hard. I have, I don't know if you see it, I have like a bruise here. And I truly, I tend to cover it up with like liner, but I was bashed across my eye with, um, with a beer bottle. Um, and cut and kind of doused in beer. And this was around maybe 11 and a half, well, not 11, like maybe 12, 12 to 13, one of the transactions, because, you know, I tried to fight back a little bit um, and I spoke up and, you know, I cried and I was just, I was being difficult. And so, you know, they hurt me into my place for submission. And, you know, there are a lot of ugly things that people don't talk about. You know, most people want to look away or they don't want to acknowledge it or they want to dismiss or minimize, you know, the things that are happening um, that I, I consider hidden in plain sight. You know, I there's signs all over California um, and I'm sure depending on where you are in the world, I don't know if, if you guys have heard of the terms, if you see something, say something. But that is one of the things that's truly, truly important that if you do see something that you should say something because what it does um, for the rest of your, your life, you know, the experience you'll never forget. The experience is something that you carry for the rest of your life. And it does impact how you have relationships. It impacts how you see yourself. It impacts your self-esteem. It impacts your, your level of self-love and self-worth sometimes, it impacts, um, you know, how you how just, how you manage life and how you do this thing called life and speaking up for yourself and asking for things that you, you believe you deserve because there's always something in your mind that tells you sometimes well, maybe I don't deserve this type of treatment. Maybe I don't deserve the love that other people get. Maybe I don't deserve the life other people get. Maybe I don't deserve the type of success other people get. And another thing is that, you know, thinking that you're going to be found out, right, and judged. I think that society is very hard and harsh and unforgiving and damn near cruel 
when it comes to when it comes to women and what we deal with and what we go through and the amount of healing and work um, is something that you live with forever. I am 41 years old and uh, every now and then I still have triggers. Um, I can't watch TV like everybody else watches TV. I can't just watch a movie. I'm very sensitive a lot of times to violence against women. Um, it's not entertainment to me. Movies. I don't like to see it on television. Um, and I just, it's, it's very traumatizing and re-traumatizing to those who have survived it and put all this work in to try to heal that, right? Um, like I said, nightmares. Sometimes, you know, I have the tendency to grind my teeth, right? I've cracked a tooth from grinding, right? Um, falling asleep and my, my, my mind is so, um, intertwined with the dream and sometimes it, it doesn't realize that you know i'm an adult and it's real life and i feel like it's happening to my body all over again um and that's a really hard thing and people think that you know five minutes of assault can can change someone else's entire life forever and not just their life right the people that love them it changes their life too you know, the family, the friends, um, the, the person that they're in relationship with, all of that plays a role because someone didn't have enough discipline or self-control. And you know what? A lot of people don't think that um, trafficking has anything to do with child marriage. That's, that's, that's sexual assault as well, right? And people don't don't take that into consideration. And there is a lot of child marriage um, and young girls that I've worked with around the world um, whose family sold them into a, a transaction. I'm not going to, I don't believe that you can marry a child. It is a transaction. You're having a sexual transaction with a child and it is inappropriate. And, and a lot of my survivors are 12, 13, 14, 15, and they already have children. They already have a baby because they were sold into a transaction um, and the other person paid the family um, to marry their, their child. And that is still sexual assault. And by the time I get to them, they have to rediscover themselves during the healing process and, re and, and kind of reprocess all of the experiences that they've had and they have to learn that what they experienced is not okay, that it's unhealthy, that it was inappropriate, that they are the victim, it is not their fault. They don't have anything to be ashamed of, but the work of healing now, unfortunately, has to be their responsibility, right? On top of all the responsibilities that you have in the world. Now, because someone has done something to you Right. You have to spend your entire life going through like this, you know, healing process. Ron, has therapy brought some control to your triggers? Um, are they better than they have been or are they the same? Therapy has helped a lot. It's a, it's helped a lot to the triggers. Um, I used to walk around in the world. Right. As smart as I was and as educated, I have all of these degrees. Right. And I have all this career success. And I used to literally be afraid of, you know, being snatched and kidnapped. And I worked in as a sports journalist. I worked around men all the time. Um, but I took a level of power for me and felt like I have control with my no, 
my no is solid. And my no is something that, especially in therapy, I learned I am not able to be manipulated into a yes. My no is solid ground. And those boundaries are completely set. And I'm not for sale. I'm not impressed by money or things or objects. You know, no one can lure me into it, absolutely anything. Um, therapy has helped with that, but also kind of being an adult. And I'm a mom, right? Um, my triggers are, are not the same. It takes a lot to trigger me into like a depression. It's it's not impossible, but it's it's harder to do that because I have coping mechanisms that are healthy and things that I can do. Um, I journal a lot and I do a lot of breath work, right? I do a lot of um, activities that help with uh, my nervous system and to keep my nervous system calm, right? I express myself. I have the tendency to suppress a lot of things, but even when I don't say things out loud, right? I tend to write everything down. I journal everything down so that I don't carry those things with me because they make me very fragile when I go out into the world. Um, and it's really important that the work that I'm doing in the world that I have to be strong for all of the other women. I have to be strong for all of the other girls and I have to teach them about being safe right? Don't give your phone number to people. Be mindful of the photos that you put online. Be mindful of who you see. Um, one of the things that I do is I don't take Ubers. I, I, <laughs> I, I usually will have somebody do book an Uber for me, right? Um, but I'm very meticulous about the pictures that I put um, when I am putting pictures on, on anything. Um, and I am very mindful about my surroundings. I pay attention to my surroundings. Um, I pay attention to where I park. I pay attention to who's parked next to me. Um, I'm very mindful of the times that I pump gas or go to the grocery store, or if I'm out at night, um, I tend to travel in groups or in pairs. I never travel alone. Um, there are a lot of things that, that I do, and I teach a lot of women and girls in terms of being safe so that, you know, certain things don't happen to them as well. But those are the things, like I said, that you have to, when you experience something like assault and trafficking, you live your life completely different. And I live my life completely different. I'm mindful of things. Um, um, and I'm very knowledgeable about awareness um, in when it comes to, you know, women's rights, awareness when it comes to, um, you know, certain holidays and certain times of the year, like, for example, Super Bowl, right? Super Bowl and concerts and events, you have to be very, very careful because predators and pedophiles and, and people who have those intentions in mind, they go to places like that. They hang around clubs, they hang around schools. Um, and they they pay attention a lot of times to the ones that carry the same. And that is something that I used to carry when I was really little because I, I didn't have any self-esteem. So in that body language, um, people can pick that up. If if they have ill intent, they're not they're very again, they're very manipulative and and they're capable, 
when it comes to the threats. And when you're young, you don't really know better. You don't know who to believe. You're just a child. You don't know which adult is going to hurt and harm you. You don't want your, your parents or your family hurt if those are the type of threats that you're getting, right? So uh, Ron, thank you so much for your question. Isabel, thank you for your <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I really wanted to pop on, on on this day to kind of talk about um, not just the prevention of it, right? Um, if you have experienced anything and you need counseling, I think that that is the best thing that is going to help therapy when it comes to sexual assault is really, really, really going to help. And I know a lot of people say, I don't want anybody to know, or I just want to forget about it and act like it didn't happen. It's not something that goes away. It's not something that you'll ever forget. And no matter how long you suppress that, right? Um, it is, it's, it's not going to be erased out of your memory, right? You'll end up projecting those feelings, those unhealed feelings um, about what happened to you, and they will come out in other ways. So the best thing that you can do is go to therapy and talk about those things and heal from them. Um, and it takes a village and be around a community that loves and supports and cares for you and has those type of sensitivities and, and has the empathy that is necessary for you to go through that process. And it is a journey. Um, and understand the language that you use and how you speak to yourself. So the victim, um, the victim blaming that happens in society, as the as the survivor, you don't have to blame yourself. You don't have to guilt yourself. You don't have to shame yourself, right? And that is going to help you when you go to therapy. Um, it took. It took a long time for me to go to therapy. Um, I thought that I could outwork and out accomplish my trauma. I thought that if I just get a bunch of accolades and if I, you know, get more degrees or if I get more certifications, um, I went out and got two more certifications after I got my master's degree in neuro linguistics programming and emotional intelligence and cognitive behavioral health. And even with that, even with that, I still, I was trying to get out of, you know, I was trying to get out of the, the therapy because I felt like if people would just see what I have become, then I wouldn't be branded by what I've been through. And my fear is that, my fear was that people would only see me a certain way. And I had a big fear of being objectified and I had a big fear of being overly sexualized. So I would cover up all the time and I would just get all of these, you know, like I said, degrees and accolades and so on and so forth. And, you know, I think that that only kind of climbing up the ladder, you're, you're climbing up a well put together ladder with a broken heart and broken pieces of you. And the more you climb, you know, the broken pieces, just think of like shattered glass, right? Or like a shattered vase. You know, all these cracks that, and every time you ding it and every time you hit it, like little pieces of it, you know, come off until it eventually comes apart. 
And it takes so much longer to put it back together if you don't just deal with the cracks um, along the way. And that's what I did. Um, that's what I did. And I didn't want to talk about it because I didn't want shame to come to my family. I didn't want, you know, as a mother, I was afraid of, you know, my son knowing and, and how he was going to think about me. And, you know, if ever I got into a relationship and I got married, like what was my person going to think about me? And was I going to be worthy of love? Or was I going to be seen as damaged? Damaged was something I, it was, it was a buzzword that I used all the time for myself. I'm damaged. No one's ever going to be with me because I'm damaged. I have to get all these accolades so that they focus more on that than, you know, all the broken pieces. But, you know, those those broken pieces still makes a unique and beautiful, beautiful centerpiece. Right. If you but it just depends on how you look on it. Look at it. If it falls apart, then what do you what 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 do you have left? You have shattered, you have completely shattered vase, right? And you do not have to be identified by what you experienced. And that's something that I had to tell myself as a survivor, that this is something that um, I experienced and this is something that um, I went through and, and I don't have to tolerate um, mistreatment and abuse and I can keep myself safe um, the dialogue that I used had to change. Um, and I really had to take time to be with myself, you know, and I still do that. I still take time where it's just stillness with myself and to be with myself um, because sometimes things come up and, and there are things that I need to deal with that only I can deal with and they're my responsibility to deal with. And so on this Trafficking Awareness Day, I really want to encourage everybody to really pay attention. Um, I, I know people are, you have stuff going on in your own life and you have stuff going on in your own world, but pay attention. One out of three women have been sexually assaulted, right? So if you go, let's just say you walk into a grocery store, right? One out of three have experienced some sexual assault that you're walking around, you know, doing your grocery shopping with and be mindful pay if, if 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 you're going to a parking lot you know focus on getting to your car but also pay attention to your surroundings if you see something fishy um or you know either you record it or you say something i'd rather i'd rather say something and be wrong than not say something and have been right and i could have prevented something happening to somebody else Right. Don't just assume that if, if a child looks uncomfortable, right, um, it's okay to intervene and say a little something. I remember that I used to ride the bus or I used to be walking, you know, right in plain sight um, with um, with someone and people would just look at me, no one would say anything. And in my mind, I would just say, I wish somebody, I would do like little, like little eye movements, like little things. Um, and no one paid attention. No one paid attention to like the subtle, you know, body language uh, that I would give off that I'm not okay, right? And you can't say out loud that you're not okay because you're also being watched by the person who put you in that position. So you have to hope that there's a responsible adult 
that would speak up for you and help you and save you and get you out of it. Um, so I really encourage people to say something if you see something that looks a little a little suspicious and a little suspect. You could you could save a little girl's life. You can save a woman's life. You can save a little boy's life because it's not it's not just women that this happens to. It's not just little girls that this happens to. Um, it's it's anyone. It could be anyone, right? So I'm not going to stay on here much longer. Um, I just know that this is a very important topic that there's movies about, there's there's television interviews about, um, there's all these things about trafficking, right? But the whole point is that we need to end it. It, it shouldn't be as relevant and active as it is right now, right? I believe that, you know, sick and hurt people hurt other people. And I think we live in a broken society full of deeply, deeply emotional and psychological wounded people. And that level of sickness, when let out into the world, unhinged can cause so much damage, right? And then you have those people who don't heal from that. And again, hurt people hurt people. And you'll have more hurt people hurting hurt people. And it's a vicious, very ugly cycle. And the whole point and purpose of what I'm doing in the world, of what I'm trying to do in this world, is help the hurt people to stop hurting people. And if you can prevent it, right, with the awareness and the self-esteem and the self-love and the worthiness factor and the concept of self and to do the inner work, right? Then that is what spills out. Processing the feelings or whatever it is that you're going through internally so that you don't go out into the world hurting and harming other people. Um, because it's a very, very ugly thing to do to assault someone, especially a child, but to assault anyone for your own selfish gain. Um, so I'm going to end it there and um, feel free to leave, leave any other type of comments in the, in the chat box um, and I can answer them at, at any other time. Um, or if you have questions, if you want me to go further into this live, then um, feel free and, and, you know, hit me up in the comments or send me an email. Um, I'm going to put this little banner down. I didn't put it down before, but I'm going to put this banner. Oh, it's not letting me do it. All right. But go to www.kianamonroe.com. Um, if you want to know what I'm doing in terms of the girls, go to www.pretty2me.org um, and learn more about this topic. Learn more about how to be sensitive to other people. Learn more about, um, about what you can do. And um, we have to keep each other safe. We all need each other. We live on one planet. We are all of one body, right? And we should all look at it very personally that until 
Um, until we are all safe and healed, no one is safe and healed. Until we are all okay, no one is okay. And until this stops happening, it's going to continue to affect all of us at the end of the day. And I hope you guys all take it that that seriously. Um, thank you, Ron. I, I appreciate it. Thank you all for watching. Take care.